What's up, Canes fans? Welcome into another edition of the Canes Insight Podcast. I am your host, Peter Ariz, alongside D Money. D, we're still buzzing after last night. You can hear I I, I don't have my my full voice. Uh, you know, after the the win last night. Um, you know what a what a win, man. A day later, it still feels great. And uh, you know, it was just it was awesome soaking everything in this morning and and last night. Yeah, it's like a weird feeling going back and reading all the articles and soaking all the content in. You know, usually after a Canes football game, this time, you know, you're trying to avoid the world. At least that's how it's been for the last 20-something years. So the feeling of actually trying to read stuff about what just happened, uh, that's, a, that's a new one for me. Um, although, really, it happened last year with the Elite Eight. It's kind of becoming a consistent thing with this program. Happened with the ACC Championship. It's a lot. It's not just a fluke run. It's been a building, but if you want to hear more about Canes basketball, have the reaction pod, the instant reaction pod, Pete live from Sunset Tavern. That's on YouTube and all our podcast platforms from yesterday. Later on in the week, we're going to have a full breakdown preview of the game against UConn. But this pod, you know, football is still rolling, uh, even with everything that's going on in Houston and with the Canes. So football is rolling on. I wanted to put you guys up to speed on, on spring practice, the new arrivals, some first impressions, always fun. Uh, so my impressions and then also recruiting, which is hot and heavy right now. So plenty of basketball content on the Canes Insight channel and on canesinsight.com. The boards are hot with basketball, but football is still rolling along. A lot of news to uh, to get to. It's going to be a, a packed episode. Yeah, D, and, and you said it. Everyone's excited about the basketball program, but there's also normally a huge excitement about spring football um, around – Coral Gables and, you know, the, the year one for, for Coach Cristobal, a lot of people would, would probably say it was a disappointment. But as we've said the last, you know, 12 plus months on the show and, and on, on the website as well is this next step for Mario was going to be, you know, rebuilding this roster, getting his guys in there, uh, addition by subtraction, which he uh, has mentioned already, um, you know, in this springtime. So, what are your uh, what are you hearing right now? Any observations, thoughts? It's still early, right? And they, you know they had that they had the break for spring break, and now now they're back now on campus. But what are you uh, what are you looking at right now, early in spring? And uh, you know what are your thoughts? So, really, this is offense against defense. Miami against Miami. Is the defense good? Is the offense bad? Is the offense good? Is the defense bad? You can never really get too much as far as those big picture takes from spring, at least they can be deceptive. Um, one thing I do like to do is compare apples to apples. How did we look last year in spring compared to this year in spring? And I would say we're very early in spring due to the spring break taking up a week, but the offense is moving the ball better and making more explosive plays than last year. It's not all the way clicking like it was during Lashley's peak where in practice you would see bombs to Harley, bombs to Rambo every single, you know, every single day. Uh, but you are seeing more explosive plays, apples to apples, than you saw last year with Gaddis. That's a very low bar. That offense was brutal to watch in spring. We told you about it on the Canes Inside podcast, the lack of explosive plays. But you see improvement. Certainly visually, you see a different type of offense. You see the wide splits. Um, one thing I will say is different that you may have seen on the Houston tape is you're going to see more usage of the tight ends than you saw in Houston. Not a lot of 12 personnel in Houston, but here 
you got talented tight ends and you got talented tight ends on the way with Arroyo coming back from injury. So that's just, again, just big picture things you see. That's something you're going to see uh, defensively. What you saw in film with Gidry is what you're seeing as far as a lot of deception up front. You got defensive tackles lining up at defensive end and then looping in. You got guys standing up all over the place. You don't know where the pressure is coming from. Uh, a lot of havoc and a lot of disruption, just like you saw on tape watching Marshall last year and studying this 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 Gidry defense, which he's bringing to Miami. So those are the big picture, just sort of things you notice as far as immediate improvements. We'll go position by position, but clearly pass protection, much improved from where it was last year at this time. Um, and I would say receiver. And, 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 yeah, I, I, from, from what you're saying, just sorry to, to jump in, but please. is it more – is it the, the bodies are there, the physical, uh, just, you know, the prototypes you're looking for at that position? Do you think it's the guys getting coached up? Obviously, there's a lot of newcomers, right? So it's, it's going to be a little bit of both in that, in that aspect. But um, where, where do you see the improvement uh, on, on, in that position? Body types and experience. So you're talking about left tackle. This is a starting lineup for the offensive line. Left tackle, Jalen Rivers. Left guard, uh, J.V. on Cohen from Alabama. Center, Matt Lee from UCF. Right guard, Ines Cooper, who slimmed down and looks great, as does Rivers. Uh, and then right tackle, Francis Malagoa, arguably the best offensive lineman in the country. So all of those guys are big. They all are slim in terms of they really don't have a lot of excess fat. Ines Cooper slimmed down. He looks great. Rivers looks great. Malagoa never looked fat ever. Cohen's well put together. And Matt Lee just real good looking kids, six, four, not a lot of fat, but strong um, body type wise, night and day, night and day. Think about the last spring, forget the season last spring. Uh, you know, that was a really undersized line. You had Ja'Kai Clark, uh, you had Logan, uh, Sagapolo, Seymour playing a big role. It was even smaller than what you saw during the season. Cause so many guys were out. That was again, last spring. So this spring, Totally different animal, and you see the results on the field. But again, these are some of the big picture things that right away you say, "Wow, that's different." My grandma could spot it. That's one of them. Do you have any update on Zion Nelson status? Uh, undetermined. Um, you know, it's not. There's no target date or anything like that. He's working, and they're working to get him back on the field. Uh, but there's a reason why Rivers is getting work at left tackle because they trust him there. They think he can be a left tackle at the college level, and they're going to need help there. Samson also working at left tackle as the backup. Um, so we'll go through all the all these positions, but you know Zion, that is something that is down the road. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll just like like you said, we already started getting into it here with with uh, the O line talk. So let's go to the quarterback position. Uh, you know, the the down year for a multitude of reasons, right? Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it all on him. Definitely not uh, Tyler Van Dyke last year coming into the year with the hype he did. Um, I, I, there's still a ton of belief in him from from what I know around the program. Um, and and everyone's kind of looking forward, obviously, with the, with the new offense uh, to see how, how things mesh for him. Um, but can you see any signs of, you know, something different from what we saw already this year? I, I know, again, it's so early, so you aren't really seeing too much of the concepts offensively. But from what you're see seeing thus far, which you already kind of alluded to, how is that going to help his game and kind of get get it back to where, you know, where we saw his, his first year? Well, just the familiarity, um, you know, with this offense and with this style. It's much more similar to Lashley's offense. There's no secret there. 
he doesn't have to wait so long for plays to develop and then drive the ball. He can kind of let it rip and, and, and play with feel a little more. Um, he was a phenomenal deep ball thrower in 2021. I think you're seeing that come back to life, the deep ball. That was – it wasn't just the mind was throwing it deep more. That was really a strength of Van Dyke's game. So by doing it more, he was able to use that talent and generate a lot of explosive plays uh, down the field. So he, that's coming back to him a little bit. Um, great chemistry with Colby Young. He hit Colby for a, a deep ball down the sideline where Colby Moss, I believe it was Daryl Porter, in the scrimmage slash practice on Saturday. There was drill work, and then there was team practice where they tackled to the ground, but it wasn't a full-fledged scrimmage like they may have later on in the spring or in the camp uh, in fall. But you saw him go down the field to Kobe Young. You saw him catch Jacoby George down the seam, and you also saw a play where he had Restrepo in the back of the end zone, kind of scrambled around, did that sort of Mahomes-type pass that Van Dyke did against UNC, found Restrepo wide open in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. I don't believe he threw a pick on the day. I may be wrong, but I didn't notice it. Um, so he had a very good good day, not four, five touchdowns or anything like that, but you see him getting more comfortable and you see more chunk plays than you saw last spring where it was really paper cut, paper cut, paper cut, and that translated to the season. So that's Van Dyke. The backup situation is a little murkier. I think you both of them are still adjusting. Jakari adjusting to the new offense. Um, Emory Williams adjusting to college in general. But you can see the talent. I'm, I'm a big Jakari Brown fan and what he can bring. He has had flashes, but the consistency has been the thing with him. Really, to me, he needs to perfect that horizontal pass, which is a big part of this offense. Because if he can hit that with placement and timing, with his arm strength and quick release, he's going to get the ball on those receivers quickly and allow them to do stuff after the catch. Those are easy throws to get him going. So I love for him to master that and not put so many of them in the dirt like he does sometimes when he rushes it. Uh, Emory Williams, stronger arm than I thought. Uh, he can really zip it. Accurate ball, tight spiral. Still learning. He'll miss some, and he's just he's getting up to speed. But a, a good-looking prospect as far as size, arm strength. How would, you, how would you compare him when you first saw TVD? TVD, it's a good question. Emory's more schooled than TVD. I don't think TVD had a coach in high school as, as far as a private coach. Emory didn't, you could tell. So TVD was much more raw. TVD probably a little more natural. But I'll say, with TVD, you didn't know how good he was until the bullets started flying. Then you really saw what he could do. The athleticism came out. My question with Emory is, can he do that in games from an athletic standpoint with bullets flying and things a little more disordered? We'll see. But as far as in a controlled environment of a practice, the arm is good. The size is there. He's got big legs. He's filling up up top. He's definitely 6'4", 6'5". Uh, clean mechanics, clean footwork. Looks good. Is he a you know, superstar like Brad Kyle right off the bat where he said this guy's the best best quarterback on the team? He's not doing that, but he's definitely not somewhere you look at and say, how do we recruit this guy? Uh, he's got tools. Certainly compare him to like – just to use an example of some of those somewhat underrated – under not they're properly rated, but rated low, like a Peyton Matocha or Matoka, you know, even in Nevin Sheriff, so you're comparing those kind of guys to Emory Williams. Emory Williams is a lot more physically built and more powerful from an arm strength perspective than those two at the same stage. So, D, obviously last year, you know, you could point to the O-line, you can point to the, the play calling, you could point to the quarterback play, but probably the most glaring issue just because this is a Miami team that even in the bad years, they always have – 
skill position guys on the outside, it seems like. That was not the case last year. You were lacking a lot of explosive plays downfield. And obviously Mario's uh, made a big effort uh, to combat that in, in, in the recruiting cycle and, and has tried to add, you know, and has added a lot of speed over there. What are your, you know, early observations at that position? Um, are they taking the steps that they need to take in terms of getting the type of guys they need in there? Just like they've done with O-line. The first one is Kobe Young, who was already there, but now has a full offseason under his belt, or full season under his belt, going to have his first full offseason this offseason, has lost weight, good chemistry with TVD on these deep balls. They've hit on a few, including the one I mentioned in the scrimmage, but there's been others where he's ran away from guys. He looks faster. He looks leaner. He's still big. He's still you know thick body type, plucks the ball, great body control. Number one receiver as far as as that X position. Is he elite? That certainly remains to be seen, but looks like a really good, solid player and someone who is has a chance to be, if you use a, a Rambo comparison, I think he could be better than Rambo Great. just because his physical tools are superior. Is he going to be a first rounder? There's a lot of work to do there, but could he be a Hankerson? Maybe. He has good good tools. He's big. He has great body control as far as adjusting to the ball. He plucks the ball out of the air with big hands and his speed has improved a lot. Are they going to, is he going to evolve into something other than just someone who, who, you know, you know, run, runs the, runs the deep route, right? Can he, can he start to add other things into his route tree? And obviously a lot of that is going to be determined by the offense and, and, you know, where they play him. Right. Um, But to me, that's the biggest question with him. And he can and stick his up. hips. He's not a straight line guy. He can stick his hips a bit. He's shown some of that in the spring uh, at that X receiver position. So other than him, because look, he, I think we saw the flashes and, and I, there's an expectation for him to take that next step. Um, but is anyone else sticking out? You know, obviously you have a guy like Brashard Smith, who I think um, had some good moments last year. Right. And, and they're, probably will be a, a nice role for him on this team. But has anyone else taken that next step uh, in your eyes? I don't know about next step. The person I'd put after Colby Young is Restrepo, just like he left off. I don't think anything's changed there. The guy's a worker, so he's not staying the same. He's always getting better. Working on I think he's trying. He's a little leaner this year. He's trying to be faster, which I think is a good decision for him. You saw Braxton Berrios when he was at Miami. I thought he was a little too heavy. And then when he goes to the pros, you see him Lean. going 106 yards on the kickoffs, and you say, he's, you know, that guy looks like he's running a 4-4. The weight loss helped Barrios to me a lot, even as the players against him got bigger. So I think Restrepo would be smart to keep losing weight. He's always going to be strong down low and have thick legs. But to lose a little bit of weight, I think it would be smart for Restrepo when he's doing that. Jacoby George, Rashard Smith, improvements, but I don't think they're there where you say these guys, you can totally count on them. Isaiah Horton, improving. Still not there, but you're seeing improvement. He's a guy to watch. He's definitely in the mix at that X receiver position. Jacoby George will be your flanker position. Uh, Restrepo, of course, in the slot. The newcomers, Robbie Washington, is there a flanker just like Jacoby George. He's got a lot of speed, a lot of different ways to get him the ball, whether it's jet sweeps. They're, they're working him as far as multi-purpose, getting the ball in his hands quick. He's not just out there running routes. They're using him as they should as a weapon. 
I'm not sure. This is just my opinion, but I'm not sure he might not be a corner down the road just because of his his athleticism, his toughness, and the way he plays. I could see that on the other side of the ball, but right now they need him at receiver, certainly. Uh, Ray Ray Joseph at the slot, he'll be a guy. Uh, he'll be a major factor for this team. The IQ off the charts. He's got the moves. I don't know if he's as fast maybe as Robbie, but he plays fast, kind of like a Duke Johnson where they're always in control, so they play faster than they might time. But those guys are helping the room. I would say overall they're missing that one dynamic outside speed guy who can make plays down the field. And we'll talk about some of that in the bank. But I think just the, a, another guy that scares teams down the field to complement a Kobe and a Restrepo would really complete this wide receiver unit. But if you compare this wide receiver unit to the last spring, much improved. If you compare it to the top teams in the country, the teams that play on New Year's Eve, not there. So that's how I'd put this receiver core. So you mentioned the tight end room, um, a pretty you know exciting group of, of guys there. Uh, what would you – um, you know, how, how do you quantify losing a, a Will Mallory? Because Mallory is going to be a guy who's, who will be drafted and obviously had his injury issues at Miami. But losing him, and then you got an Arroyo coming back, and then you have a Skinner and some of these other young guys, right? I, I don't want to say that uh, losing Mallory is going to be a, a good thing, but if you look at it the other side of the coin, there's some there's some explosive talent uh, at that spot, and like you said, you know they're gonna they're gonna have to utilize that in a big way. Arroyo, it, I I can't say enough about Arroyo, but we don't know he's not back yet. I think he's further along than maybe a Citizen or a Zion Nelson. As far as he's on track, he'll be there when you need him. Don't worry about it. But he's not there now. Right now they have Cam McCormick the. You know, the the medical school student from Bend, Oregon, the guy's in his eighth year of college, um, you know, so he's bringing some physicality to the position, but he's not going to be they a receiver. Uh, they think he can he can provide some some depth or bring something to the table if they're if they're going to bring him in. And he's doing what they expect as far as blocking. Not a lot of receiving. I heard some buzz from the coaches. Hey, this guy's more athletic than you think. But seeing him. He's going to be a blocker. He could do a little bit in the passing game, but that's not what he's going to do. But you're seeing a lot of 12 personnel where you need a guy like that to complement your faster guys. Skinner looks heavier. Not heavy, but he's matured from a year. He's not 215. He's in that 230 range. So he's gotten stronger. He can give you a Mallory game as far as when Mallory got the ball in space, he did have those strides to eat up grass pretty fast because he was fast and he was long. And he would just kind of glide down the field. Skinner gives you that. He's had some big gainers on crossers, catching the ball a little better. He needs to spend this summer on the jug machine, really working, really committing himself to take it to that next level. But he does look like a better player than last year. He showed flashes last year. The new guys, Riley Williams, he's been a little banked. I think he had a hamstring issue, but he's practicing now. Total stud. No worries at all with what you bought with that. That is exactly what you ordered just a tremendous talent there's a reason why alabama and ohio state wanted him so bad he's got length he can run routes and change directions he can catch with his hands he he's going to be big enough to block and he's fast so nothing not to like this guy might be a guy at that position 
go to Jackson Carver, the big guy from from Minnesota, transferred with the Culver Academy, hockey player, lacrosse player. Raw, as you'd expect, you do see flashes. He has strong hands. He's made some contested catches where he's just kind of pulled it from guys. That's probably that lacrosse too. They got they play in, in, in scrums. Frame, yeah. Oh, frame's unbelievable. I've always thought he's a defensive end, but I get pushback when I tell that to people. They say, no, tight end all the way, so he'll get that chance at tight end. But Flash is the talent there. He's more of a red shirt type for sure. Riley Williams, however, looks like very impressive. A little late start to spring because of the hamstring, but he's full go now, and he's someone to watch along with Skinner. You'll see a lot of tight ends on the field. They're not going to get – it's not going to be Houston 2022 offense from a tight end perspective. Right. So – Running back room, um, you know, you, you got uh, a group of guys co- coming back that, uh, you know, at least in, in Parrish and in Chaney, uh, you know, you know what you're going to get in Parrish, Chaney. Um, when when healthy, you expect a lot of him, right? But obviously that, that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, and then you have – and then you have Citizen coming back who also uh, – the injury bug bit him pretty hard uh last camp you know so he's he's coming back and you just said you know the timetable on him we don't exactly have one yet but you'd expect him to be ready uh to go by by the start of the season um well well, with citizen i would say maybe not the start it hasn't been a straight line recovery it's not like something where he's not going to play football again or anything like that he'll he'll be back but there's uncertainty there, which is why, as I'll mention, in the bat and the bank, transfer running backs an area to watch. Okay. What do you What do you see from this group overall thus far? Parish, you know- Parish, Parish is Parish. We've been watching him since high school. We know what he does. I don't think he's changed a second. He's been the same player since high school, to for good and bad, mostly good. Cheney also kind of been the same player for since high school in terms of getting hurt because that was a problem at Belen. He, at the scrimmage, had a very long run, uh, jump cut outside and used his speed to beat guys to the corner. Very promising run. He looked big while doing it, but fast as well, and had the agility to do that jump cut uh, with a little bit of burst and pop. Got banged up by Chance Williams coming backside, crushed him. He fumbled the ball. Got a little knocked. You know, he was, he was out for a minute. Not not a concussion or anything, but he was, he was, he was kind of walking gingerly out of the game. Uh, the wind knocked out of him. Yeah, well, it was scary because it's him. So came right back in, popped a 20-something-yard touchdown run. I really liked his burst and explosiveness at his size, given the injuries. So this is a huge, huge, huge opportunity for Chaney because there's really no one else besides uh, Terrell Walden's son, number 20, who's a walk-on, who has some talent, but walk-on. Um, so there's a major opportunity for Chaney, but the injury is always going to be a concern. So at that position – I don't think you pick anything to the bank with anybody except for Parrish. Fletcher will have a huge opportunity. Chris Johnson, we'll see how big he is when he comes in and how ready he is physically because he'll have a chance. And then I've watched the transfer market there. So flipping over to the defensive side of the ball now, um, you know, the new defensive coordinator, just just like just like a, there's, there's change on the offensive side. So, and I know you talked about, you know, a little bit about what, you know, how it was looking so far, but let's start at the defensive line position. Right. And before we get into specific players, philosophically, do you expect those guys up front to play any different uh, than last year? Or 
is this still at the end of the day Mario Cristobal's identity uh, defensively? More like Manny on defensive line. Probably even more deception as far as guys moving around on the front, guys standing up, guys lining up inverted where the tackles line up like ends, guys all over the place. So that will be different. I was told by someone that the defensive line is expected to be the strength of the team this year. So they were prolific. I think they were finished top 10 in the nation last year in sacks. They expect that to continue. They're a little underhander right now. You don't see Leonard Taylor. You don't see Darren Harrison Hunt. Lichtenstein's banged up. Messador's banged up. Harvey's banged up. That's five guys that can go that you're not seeing. So that's a position we're going to see more. You also see a big body added at defensive tackle. However, ton of, ton of experience with this group. Oh, yeah. And so the guys that are there, you're looking at starters. You're saying Chance Williams as your strong side defensive end. He'll have a role just because he plays hard. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. I mentioned the play he chased down Chaney from behind. This is a guy that ran 4-5, four, 4-6 four, in, in high school. So he has speed. The finesse and the pass rushing and the bend and the ability to string moves together, that's been his weakness. But he does have some strength, physicality, and speed. He'll be a base side end, and he's starting now, probably the rotation guy during the year. Other side, Nigel Lee Kelly, or your pass rusher standing up, coming down. A lot of upside there, a lot of talent. If he keeps trending in this direction, he could be an impact player, a multiple sack, you know, 10, you'd say four, I think, as a freshman, but maybe a double-digit sack kind of guy, an NFL type of guy, if he keeps trending. He's very young. He was young last year. He came into college, I want to say, at 16, maybe young 17. So he's someone to watch, see if he keeps progressing, but so far so good with him as a, the starter at end. The starting tackles, again, early, you're seeing uh, Brandon Dean from Purdue, really good player, undersized, quick, just like he was at Purdue. Very good playmaker. He's not going to wow you with his size, but this guy is a guy that beat Iowa's offensive line, beat Michigan's offensive line, you know, beat Penn State's offensive line. He's going to beat ACC offensive lines. He's a good player. You know what you're getting with him. Just tr- watch the Purdue tape. That's how he's looked in spring. Mod Moten has made a jump from where he was before. Uh, you saw in the Pittsburgh game, he had his goal line stand, kind of trended up towards the end of the year. He's carried that over and looks like he's going to be a solid player. He's a 310-plus pounder, which they need badly. They want to add another one, another big guy, but Bowden has that size that they need and is playing well in spring. Positive developments with Bowden. Backup-wise, you're talking about Thomas Gore, undersized, more so than Dean, and probably behind Dean if you're comparing those two. But he'll have a role in the rotation. He'll make plays here and there. But size is more of an issue with him than Dean, I would say. You're also seeing, I don't want to bury the lead, Ruben Bain, who just from watching him on Saturday, he's bigger than I thought. He's just in pads. His long arms, he's stout. You had big legs, but overall, he's just, he looks big. Two sacks, consistently beating that second-team offensive line, also getting a lot of reps with the first team and holding up. I saw him knock Cam McCormick back badly and make a play in the backfield against the run. So he has just great leverage, great explosive power, and then the ability to string moves together and finish. Ruben Bain is as advertised. Talk about freshmen that are catching eyes. Put him right there with Francis Malgo and some others. He's one of those dudes. Jaden Wayne, also playing Good, having good reps, second team reps, uh, getting some action. 
he's more he's kind of more of your chance Williams as far as being a big, strong, fast base and hardworking that maybe doesn't have the finesse to be a double digit sack guy, but is, has the physical tools and the effort you want. A little better than Chance at that same age, but he's a good player. Those two guys look like keepers. Then the backup defensive tackles that you see the lack of depth, but that'll get filled up as the season as the, as the season goes on. Should also mention we skipped on offensive line because we talked about it earlier, but the backup offensive line very light right now. You don't have McCoy, Matt McCoy. I think he'll be back. Uh, he is, I think it's a shoulder injury, but he should be back at the end of, uh, later on. But he's a little banged up right now. Uh, McLaughlin's having a tough time with some of these dudes. Samson Okalola is going to be a major stud. Probably needs to get a little bit stronger. That's going to be the task for him. He's getting knocked back a little bit, but you see the athleticism and the bend and all that. He's going to be good, really good. But he looked like they said a workout. He looked at the first pick of the draft. They still think he's that talented, but you're seeing. Well, he's, he's, it's you. You know, he's up against defensive line. Look, uh, you know, a bunch of them been playing for you know a few years now, and and he he can't just manhandle people the same way that he was going to be able to do it at the high school level right now. No question, but he'll, he'll get there. Correctable. Interior line, you have uh, Logan and, and Big Baby Seymour at guard. Ryan Rodriguez at center. It's an undersized group. Overall, the second team offensive line is having problems with the second team D-line or the first team D-line. You're not seeing Jakari or Emery get a ton of time. You add, hopefully, a Zion. Certainly, you add a Matt McCoy. That will get a bit. That group will get better. Maybe you get some reinforcements in the portal for depth purposes. That could happen as well. Samson, so, he will get better every day. So that that group will get better. But right now, mismatch against the D line, linebacker. I mentioned O line is a position that's improved a lot. Linebackers improved a lot. Francis Francisco Malago. We call him Cisco Malago. I guess just something to differentiate him. He looks looks the part. Every bit of 6'3", 220, a lot light 220. Just, he's a big, big dude. He can run. He knows what he's doing. He's vocal, tough, major improvement. He'll be a very good ACC linebacker right away. And a different, We have not had a guy with size and speed at linebacker that, can, that was also smart in a while. We had guys that were smart but that were maybe slow or small and guys that were big and fast and weren't that smart. He's somebody that has it all. Is he, I mean, you know, is he going to be a first-round pick or Noah Sewell or that? I'm not saying that, but compared to what we've had, clear improvement, clearly a good ACC linebacker and looks good on the hoof. A guy that stepped up, everybody assumed it would be, be Francisco and Wesley Besaint, but a guy that's given Wesley Besaint the run for his money is Keontra Smith. Slim down, a little more experience now at linebacker, playing faster, making more plays. He's someone to watch as a rising player, at least from spring. Got to keep it going, but I would put Keontra Smith in that category. And then the only fresh – go ahead. I'll say this. I, I would pay very close attention to guys who have been there for here for a few years that did not get pushed out the door by Cristobal. To me, that says a lot. And everything that we hear about people who, co who coached uh, Keontra in high school is the high-character uh, player he is. I think it says a lot for him even that obviously he hasn't he's had his ups and downs in Miami right he's had a really uh good role an important role at times but I'm sure he would like to be a guy who plays uh you know a majority of the snaps and not just be uh a guy who plays uh you know uh, in third down packages right so I think it says a lot about him too to stick it out in today's portal era he could have gone you know 
to, to probably have, uh, many other uh, Power Five programs, been a, been a starter, a full-time starter there. He comes back here and, and you know, is battling now, as you say, for, for a larger role. Great observation. It's totally true. There's been a lot of turnover earlier today. We recorded this on Monday. They announced that uh, Corey Woodhill replacing Stephen Field as tight end coach. I'm told that's been done. It just was announced later. It's not like Field stepped on Crystal Ball's shoe or something and he got fired mid-spring. This is something that's been done. It'll help the on-field because Whittle's a rising star. And then also with Field, they need a lot of help with the recruiting department, not because they're not killing it. You saw what they did last year in recruiting, but it's just a lot. They run a, 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 a high pace. So adding a guy like Field is going to make that operation even smoother, I think, in the, in the back end. But getting back to linebacker, one recruit that's playing, uh, Leek Bryant is on campus, but recovering from a broken bone, he'll be fine. But he's not playing. You got Popo Aguirre, Marcellus Pulliam coming in. But you have Bobby Washington on campus, and he looks like a major stud. Speed off the charts, which we know. Striking. He's knocking well, guys back. You saw, you saw him. In, you, you went to saw a lot. You talked about it. Right. I mean, even when he was, I think it was like a three-star recruit when he first committed to Miami. I don't know what he ended at, uh, but – I went to multiple Palmetto games and he, both him and him and Robbie obviously stood out, but he, you just see that once his body, his frame fills out, I'm sure he's already put some good weight on, but his, the mentality that he plays the game with the way he just flies to the football. Um, he might be a bit of a gadget player early on. Right. But man, I mean, when I say gadget player, I mean a package player. Right. Um, but he, he's explosive. I will say, I've seen him get significant starters reps at Sam, which is the position that would ordinarily get taken out for the nickel or the striker, whatever you want to call it. But he's more your traditional Sam linebacker. When they go heavy and he's playing Sam, he's starting a lot. I've seen him against the ones, and he's doing a heck of a job. He's one of those guys where you watch and he said, this guy's either going to be, you know, First round picker, he's not going to make it through two years just because it's just he had that boomer bust kind of vibe. We'll see, but certainly what you're seeing right now in Green Tree, you love. He's one of those guys you see at practice and you talk about. He's a buzz creator, big time. Bobby Washington uh, at the linebacker position. Then you have Corey Flag. We know what he can do. Wesley Besant, I think, has another level he can get to. He needs to respond to the challenge from Keontra Smith. Yeah, and and that it's it's interesting because what it sounds like is that is that Smith, from what you're saying, has been you know probably the the best the best guy at the position. This well, friend Malgoa, but yeah, Mal- but but next to Malgoa, I, I want to ask you on on Malgoa because it looked like he could run in what we you know what we saw on on tape last year. But how's he moving out there? Because I think that. That's been the biggest thing at the linebacker position is, you know, obviously they haven't had uh, prototypes physically, but in today's game, you need guys who can get sideline to sideline, cover the running backs, you know, out, out of the backfield uh, on those, you know, little option routes and things of that nature. How does he look in that aspect? He can run. At, he was an option quarterback growing up. So you saw that interception against Oregon that he took like 90 something yards. He, he was running that. You know, he was running fast. He was making moves. He kept his balance. He's athletic. No issues there. He's he's a very solid player. There's not one area you say, wow, there's a weakness. He's big. 
He's fast. He knows what he's doing, and he could he could strike. So, yeah. and he's not stiff either. He's pretty fluid. I wouldn't say he's Fred Warner, but the guy's not a liability in pass coverage at this point. So, rock solid player there. So let's take a look at the back end of the defense. Um, we'll start at the cornerback position. A lot of moving pieces there. You lose two starters uh, in, in Tyreek Stevenson and, and DJ Ivy, who, you know, both will be, you know, most likely both of them will be getting drafted. Tyreek probably will get drafted in the first, you know, two, three rounds. And then, you know, DJ Ivy had a, from what I saw, ran really well today at Pro Day. So um, probably will put himself in, in position to get drafted. As yeah, well. Pete, you got to you got to call your scouting connect so we can have one last DJ Ivy hype uh, tribute. Yeah, before listen, four 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 forty at the pro day. He's that that and then he you know he had a pretty solid week out there at the NFL PA game. Um, but he's he's big. He can run. He's you know probably doing really well in this in this interview process. Um, so to me, you know, you're losing two guys who are going to get drafted most likely. Uh, so, so what's it looking like in terms of the replacements? Obviously, they they brought in uh, a Devonte Brown, who I've been very excited about based on what I've heard, um, you know, from him the last couple of years at UCF. What was a down year for him last year, um, but him coming in is a huge get. Devonte Brown's look good, a little nicked up, but he's showing his length and ability at the catch point to disrupt the ball. Him, Daryl Porter. To Corey Couch, probably your top three corners. You're seeing Terry Roberts play outside behind those guys. Chris Graves has the talent, but still not totally locked locked in and consistent. I'd like to see more from him, although you do see flashes. That's a position I think they could use a one, you know, a cornerback one. And I would not be surprised to see them pursue guys in the portal if it shakes out that way. That position could use some help. I don't think it's a liability by any means. I think it should be ACC fine, but it needs to be better, in my opinion. Uh, safety, you, know, you got Camp Kitchens, who's we know what he can do. Marquise Williams, twitched up, doing his thing. C- Caleb Spencer, probably a linebacker long term, but you see his instincts. He's a he's a ball player. I had I had someone tell me uh, who's who's been to practice. That Spencer stood out to them, you know, passed the eye test, uh, you know, immediately. Big guy, he tries to hit everything that moves. He knows what's going on out there. I mean, he's a football player, probably more linebacker down the road, but he looks like someone that you want to have on the field. Is how I would, I would break it down. You also have Brian Balaam at safety. Um, Jaden Harris been kind of that safety slash nickel, really more nickel from what I've seen. Uh, he's doing okay, but overall. I think that's a position where you're going to see help in the portal, both safety and corner, quite frankly. James Williams, anything on him? He's out. He's out. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But what, what did he have again? I think it was a torn labrum. Shoulder, yeah. Yeah, which, shoulder. Which, hurt his, which hurt his tackling, as we saw during the year. I'm a James Williams fan. I understand why he frustrates people, given his ranking, given some of the tackling issues, which may have been partially explained I'm by the shoulder. That I think was was the shoulder based on what I had also heard. You know, other other people had been urging him to to go get it taken care of because it was affecting you know what he was doing out there. Um, and I think at the end of the day, he just realized he needed to do it, but he was probably trying to play through something that he shouldn't have been, you know, doing. 
I think he'll, he'll help. And then if you move everybody down a slot from where they're at to where they could be, I think that's what you need is a corner to kind of move everybody down the depth chart to their natural place. And then James Williams to slide in. And then another safety to allow James Williams to go down and play in the box a little more. So that that area, I don't think – it's not like, you know, the days of Nick Ward, who you're too young to remember, or we're just total liabilities at corner. But I think the defensive backs, they just need a little bit more to be where that Miami needs them to be, at least for this season. And it's certainly down the road you want to keep continue to upgrade the talent. And then special teams, you know, Andy Borgales has been really, really good um, at Miami thus far. Punter, you're losing Lou Headley, which, you know, that that's a huge, huge loss. He's been so consistent at Miami. Um, so how's it looking at that spot? It's a, I'm not going to pretend to be the punter expert. This yeah. guy is another Aussie. He looks, pause, he looks, I know, I know, I know you're talking to people and then, you know, yeah, the, the, another Aussie, they like what he can do. The return game should be improved. Remember you got Robbie Washington and Ray Ray Joseph there. I think they're going to particularly help in that return game because they, they had those, you saw it in high school. They had that ability to take it to the crib. So I, I have a question for you. I know we've gone through all the positions now. Just because of the recent run on the basketball side, what do you think Mario Cristobal and, and his program, is there anything you can learn or look at with how my, I know it's a completely different, uh, you know, sport and that, you know, the championship teams aren't built the same way. Right. But is there something with the way that Laranegas built his program that you think Cristobal could look at because, Again, it's completely different sports, but it's the same school, right? My thing that I was saying, I don't know if this is about building a program, but I, I would love for this team, and I think this team this year, because the talent's still not there completely that it needs to be, to, to find ways to win games, even if you don't have your best stuff. Like you see this basketball team do, you've seen them do it, you know, game after game, it seems like this season, right? So – is there anything you can take from what's happening on the basketball side and say, man, if if this could happen on the football side, you know, it, it could really make a big difference? I would say recruit your type of player and get your type of player from the portal. The basket and you you're more on the inside as far as talking to people on the basketball side than me. So I just know what I see. But I cannot remember a ton of off-field nonsense from basketball players, pers huge personality clashes from basketball players, defiance of Laranega on the court, you know, bad body language towards Laranega. You don't see a lot of that. They seem to be in tune even if they're not all the way clicking. So to me, that tells me Laranega, for example, a Bensley Joseph. Bensley Joseph, when he signed, did not have a complete game, still doesn't, but he did the things that you want your players to do as far as the hustle, the defensive intensity, et cetera. Then you teach them the skills. Plus he's athletic. Right. Kind of like the heat. You get a twitchy guy who likes to play defense and is tough. Then you teach him the skills. Wugo, same thing. You know, he played defense from the beginning. Now the offense is coming, but you took guys that you could coach them, that they, they're athletic to start, but they're not fully and, I, products. And, and a lot of these guys, you know, people who may not follow the recruiting side of basketball, 
Benzie Joseph and Wooga Poplar were highly rated four-star recruits, um, you know, on these services, which, you know, top 100 type players, right? So they were blue chip uh, type prospects, but at the, but what you're saying, they weren't, they weren't finished products and obviously still aren't right. Um, but yeah, everyone wants to look at these recruiting rankings and Cristobal is going to get top three, top five classes, consistently but when you look at the bottom end of the recruiting class so to speak when you look at the Frankie Tinelaus of the world and you say you know what that kid fits what we're trying to do trying to bring in uh you know that that body type that athletic you know uh, he's he's a piece of clay you you can you can mold him into something right so I think the more of those guys you get and develop uh to add on to the blue chip prospects and nor chad omir coming from arkansas state he was a player of the year in the conference over there but he didn't have he didn't have every program in the country knocking on his door to come you know bring him in because he his game was a little unique it was a six 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 seven uh guy whose game whose game wasn't you know as a stretch four gonna work in a bigger conference that's what people that's what at least some people that i talked to were wondering about him right so but again they stuck to their guns they believed in you know what they could do in terms of developing them and i think uh i think that that's kind of what you were getting at yeah and, and the the mindset those guys you mentioned, yeah, Joseph and Wooga were blue chippers on the lower end blue chippers that they were. But when you'd read about things, you know, that, that just like in football, they, they'd say, oh, this guy went to this tournament and did X, Y, Z. Always the thing you hear about these guys is the effort stuff. Never mm-hmm. do they say this guy's, you know, got the complete game and he's ready to rock. They all had development to go but the the attitude compete stuff came in with the package. Then the rest developed that's what i want to see more from our recruiting is being better at weeding out some of the lack of compete lack of effort lack of edge stuff up front obviously recruit athletes recruit explosive players but maybe their skills aren't up to par yet but if they had the explosiveness and they had the attitude bring them in and teach them the skills don't take someone that's got it all you know to wake them up a little bit you don't see a lot of these au powders yeah, Laranega teams, and if they are there, like a Matt Cross, you know they don't last that long. Well, yeah, I think we've had this before within the last few months of of Cristobal trying to get his guys, um, and I think that at the end of the day is what fixes locker room culture. So, um, yeah, I I think uh, let's see, let's see if. I wonder if Larinaga and Cristobal, if they if they have much of a relationship at all. I just I feel like Mario's so in his zone doing his thing. He's so locked in on spring football right now that he that he may not even really be paying attention to what's going on on the, on the basketball side. You see him tweeting about it and stuff. Well, these coaches always try to learn from each other. They do do that. That is, you saw the coaching plank. That's all real. They're always trying to get an edge. So. It's not for fun that he's paying attention to it. I think he's paying attention to it to to, to learn because these guys are always – that's their mindset. They're trying to find every edge. So perfect transition about recruiting into the bank. So Underdog Fantasy, promo code CIS, get your final four picks in there. Let us know over-unders on our dudes. Uh, Omir, I don't know what the number is. Go over on rebounds. 
Pack go over on threes. Wong go over on points. Make some money. Hundred dollar match when you sign up with the promo code CIS. So huge recruiting weekend for the Canes. Go by piece by piece. Quarterback Aaron Noland. Feeling coming out of this visit. Miami feels very, very good about their chances there. Not a lock, not a silent commit or anything like that. But Miami has very good momentum with Aaron Nolan. Feels good about where they are there. Uh, he was compared to me, or to me, someone compared him to the Pied Piper, that people just follow him. He has that kind of presence among recruits. Even guys he doesn't know that well when he's down here on a visit. So he's that kind of guy that brings that presence, can throw the ball well, can process well. Reminds me a little bit of Tua Tagovailoa. Maybe it's the lefty, but just the way he throws with anticipation and timing. He's somebody that brings a lot to the table and Miami feels very good about. Miami takes him. Still likely to take a second quarterback, either uh, a backup experienced player in the portal, which could help bridge the gap from TBD to whoever it is and give some experience depth there, or a second quarterback, more a developmental guy, I only call it developmental, an upside guy. I would say Judd Anderson out of Georgia, a big 6'6 basketball player with a big arm. He's probably more likely to be your second quarterback than a Luke Moga. I know Luke Moga is getting a lot of buzz on the boards. I would keep a closer eye on Still needs to visit. Still needs, you know, Moga's been on campus more to show more interest. But I think as far as guys to watch, he'd be someone to keep an eye on. If, that, if he goes to a Georgia Tech or something like that, very possible they just roll with with the transfer at that position. But Aaron Nolan, things are looking good. At the running back position, I mentioned earlier, watch the transfer portal. They need help there. They cannot rely on, on Citizen and Cheney due to injury. History and present. Wide receiver, Bryant and Harrell. Yeah, Gary Bryant out of USC. Tyler Harrell out of Louisville still in the mix. I don't get the sense that it's like slam dunk imminent with either of those two, but they're definitely still in the mix. They're definitely, those guys could still be Canes, but I don't think it's like a done, done deal. They want uh, an explosive playmaker on the outside there. Uh, offensive line, maybe one backup interior lineman you can see, but I wouldn't expect too much there. Uh, but that's one area where you can see some help coming in if you can find the right guy. Big defensive tackle, we talked about that being a need. I think a linebacker is also potentially a need number one cornerback and safety. Those are spots I would I would look out for. Recruiting wise, going back to this weekend, we talked about the defensive line class being something that really needs to step up from last year given the numbers weren't there. I was told that this defensive line class is shaping up to be how the offensive line class was last year. David Stone coming back for a second visit this weekend was here last weekend. Things are going very well with him. Again, nothing imminent but Miami is very positive in that recruitment and making very, very good movement. Uh, Kamarian Franklin from Mississippi, same thing. A lot of positive movement. Elijah rushing out of Tucson, Arizona, bonding with Jason Taylor, a long pass rusher. All three of those guys, Miami feels good about the trend line there. Uh, offensive line, they had some interior linemen. Uh, Kevin Pierre-Louis out of the Tampa area. Uh, Joseph Iannata, who I think Miami likes at center. Both of those guys are making some positive movement to, uh, towards the Canes. This visit went, went well for both of those guys. So keep an eye on those two. At the defensive back position, the name to watch, I had a star, Khalil Cummings. You can play safety, you can play nickel, you can play corner. He's someone Miami likes a lot 
he might be making some positive uh, headway there. I think to me more so I keep an eye on him than Ricky Knight. I think Cummings is the name to know uh, at that position in the in the defensive backfield. But just getting started, a lot of work to be done. But Miami is making moves, and this was a very positive recruiting weekend for the Canes. And you get a guy like Aaron Nolan aboard when he commits, uh, I believe, April 8th, April 9th. He could get other guys on board with his influence on on other players. So a lot to watch for. Stay tuned to canesinsight.com. Keep refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And uh, the bank, always open. We'll be back soon. All right, D. So things are heating up on the football side now. Uh, have a scrimmage, I believe, coming up this this weekend. So we'll definitely get into that um, on next week's show. Uh, but we've we've got some more business to attend to this weekend when it comes to the basketball team. So we'll be back with another episode later this week, previewing the UConn game. Uh, might have a special guest as well um, that I think you guys will be excited about. Um, on the basketball side. Um, and listen, guys, if you're, if anyone, you know, is interested in advertising on the podcast, on the website, you know, and on the social media pages, um, we've got it. We've got a ton of content coming to you uh, more than ever, you know, all over the social media channels and the YouTube pages. So um, reach out to me on, on Twitter, reach out to, to D money on the website or, you know, on the social, the Canes inside social media as well. Um, but we have a, a bunch of different packages available and, you know, would love to work with local businesses, national businesses, you know, just support uh, the Canes, uh, the Canes, all Canes businesses out there. Go Canes. Go Canes. We'll see you guys later this week.